0: is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, editor-in-chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber.
1: You hear the drums? You know what that means. It's time once again for your favorite hour of the week, and that's Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, sitting across from the player, Sean Barber. The American dream, Dusty Likens on the ones and twos, and we got a lot to talk about. We're just 48 hours away. From the Chiefs and the not San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, Thursday night football, Arrowhead Stadium. We're gonna get into all that. But before we do, Sean, tell me something good.
2: Well, we know Dante Hall is in the area and priest homes in the area, doing great things in the community for the charity, giving the blood, starting off that blood drive. But you know, tomorrow night, everybody's gonna be uh letting a little bit uh letting their hair down a little bit, having a couple drinks. Thursday night. No, nah, tomorrow night, Priest Holmes. Oh,
1: you're, oh, this is what you're talking
2: about. The roast. You want me to tell you something good? <laughs> Priest Holmes about to get his butt roasted by all his former teammates. They're going to be joking him up, telling him some stories y'all haven't heard. You he ain't lying. No, nah, I ain't lying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something good. Priest better be ready because they're going to let him uh, come, come heavy, heavy, heavy-handed. Those jokes are coming heavy-handed tomorrow night.
1: Big week. Big week of Chiefs football, both present and past. I want to start, and this is going to be quick. Don't turn the dial. I know last week I was upset. Quick Kareem Hunt comment. Wasn't happy last week. There's No one really seemed interested in this problem. Clark Hunt finally speaks on Sunday. Uh, the news that came through is the Chiefs knew of all three incidents. I will say, I wish it would have came, come sooner. Uh, I think there are more questions to be answered at a later date. But finally, Sean, I think everyone has met where you were at uh, moving on from this situation.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean... Kareem's gonna be a, like, you know, right now he's a former teammate, a former player with the Kansas City Chiefs. I treat all alumni, uh, past, present, and future, like they're my brethren. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here ingrained in the community, I have roots in the community. Um, this little legacy aspect of being an alumni and being an ambassador to the Chiefs is something I take with a lot of pride. Um, every time I go out in the community do anything charitable, I know I take a whole, I take that, that arrowhead feeling, I take that, that Chiefs organization with me and try to represent them the right way. Um, and no better week than this week for alumni weekend, as Tony Gonzalez will be back in the area, um, and all the great uh, Chiefs alumni will be back in the area um, to, 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 to raise to raise the spirits of old as Arrowhead takes on you-know-who coming back to Arrowhead Stadium.
1: That's right. Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night, and here we are. We're two games out, Sean. As we get ready for this game, and I know if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be buzzing for this one. What's your general feeling on this game as we stand?
2: I think I mean both teams going to be a little sore. Both teams a little beat up. Uh, you know, Hill's a little beat up on our side. Gordon's on their side. I mean, we got some guys beat up, but um, I think all in all, I think the Chiefs are a little bit more. Uh, I think we're in better shape. I think we're, we're uh, the nucleus of our team um, is, is, is is healthier than I think some of the key uh, people as far as you know, what they rely for Melvin Gordon to be a part of that offense for it to really go. Uh, so, and all in all, I think, you know, having a short turnaround, having a short turnover, um, we didn't have to travel. So I think that's a big part. You know, when you have brumps and bruises and uh, contusions all in your legs and arms and stuff, when that elevated. When you have to go up in the airplane and come back down, sometimes there's a lot of uh, swelling that goes on. That this, You know, some guy might be questionable on Wednesday. And when, once that plane lasts, he gets go from questionable to out. So I like I like being the home team when it comes to these Thursday night games.
1: I looked at the point spread of this game and it's three and a half, and I'm staring that right in the face, and I, I'm saying that feels low to me. I mean, yeah, they, they, I think the Chiefs are should be six and a half seven point favorites headed into this game, just based upon you know the stat that's running around all all, all week among the media is ten and two for Thursday night football teams at home. How could you bet against Mahomes in the offense? I get maybe he won't have as many weapons. Again, Kareem Hunt out of the mix. Sammy Watkins probably won't play in this game. But, damn, three and a half
2: points? That feels low. Yeah, and, and you know, Vegas, they always say Vegas gives the home team a field goal uh, for being the home right, team. Right, so, so really like,
1: it's only a half a point on what would be a neutral
2: field, which is dangerous. Like, that is so low to me. Especially that, that show, and To me, you know what it really does? It shows no respect for the kingdom. It shows no respect for the home field advantage. I I think Nine games in a
1: row for the Chiefs at at home going into this game.
2: Yeah, if you give any other team, any other, um, you know, venue, uh, field goal advantage, you got to give the Chiefs like a Arrowhead Stadium should be like a five, maybe five and a half point advantage.
1: They haven't won too many big games there lately. I get it's nine in a row when you think about the regular season, but I just look back to the playoffs. I know you're not big, Sean. I'm looking at the past, but you couldn't beat the Steelers and you couldn't beat the Titans at Arrowhead. It's hard for me to... Think of Arrowhead as an advantage until they win a playoff game at home.
2: I'm not looking at the past. And I'm not looking <laughs> into the future. I'm looking at Thursday night football versus those charges. Nine in a row about to become ten in a row, baby.
1: Let's talk about Thursday night. I think the most important aspect of this game right now is the statuses of wide receiver Tyreek Hill and running back Melvin Gordon. Tyreek was a little banged up from injuring his, his arm and then his foot mainly in that game on Sunday. Here is Mahomes on Hill this week on fighting through some injuries.
3: I mean, he's a fighter, uh, and you see that by how he plays, and uh, it shows uh, how well he's, he's came of just becoming a receiver and not having to rely on speed every single, every single route, and he just relies on his route running now, and uh, the speed is an extra hitch that he gets uh, that, that takes him over the top.
1: Reports emerged out of Arrowhead Stadium today that Tyreek Hill is back to being limited. This, to me, is huge for the Chiefs because it's one thing to be without Watkins. You don't want to be going into Thursday night without Watkins and Hill.
2: No, definitely. I mean, you know, the the Terry Kill factor is because of that that top end speed. You always have to keep a safety with the eyes on him, or either cheating to his to his half of the field. Um, if you're a half deep coverage safety, you always got to be, uh, you know, you got you got you got to remain deep early and often throughout the down. You know, Pat Mahomes got a very live arm; he can throw 70, seventy, eighty yards in the air. So, you know, when you defend the the offense and you start taking away some of that that uh, that deep threat, the deep threat ability. It, it starts to crunch all the windows and everybody gets to play a little bit tighter. You don't have to worry about um, as much uh, deep balls being thrown. So everybody's jobs gets a little bit tougher. So I think as long as Tyreek is available and he lines up, 10's uh, on the field, I think they'll have to show him the respect that he deserves.
1: Yeah, and I think if you're a Chiefs fan, I'm here to tell you you have nothing to worry about. I think it's near 100% chance he plays on Thursday night and it's because of the words of Andy Reid. Uh, he, he was so I'm sure he's sore as So I mean, but... Um, I mean, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say that he, he plays. If he's a betting man, he says that he plays. Let me tell you one thing about Andy Reid. He doesn't mess with injuries and talk about injuries unless he's confident that a player is going to be able to go on the next game. I'm telling you right now, Tyreek Hill will be there. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, is a little more up in the air. Gordon missed the last two games with a grade 2 MCL sprain. I'm not an injury expert, but that doesn't sound good if one of your best players is not playing it obviously is serious enough to miss uh, those
2: games. Yeah, MCL, I mean, that's tricky because that's a knee stability thing. Um, They have to keep in mind the long-term projection of this guy, Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's their franchise running back for, for the future. So, I mean, this is an important game for them, but if it's at all there's any doubt that he doesn't have the strength and the stability and anything that could be... Uh, magnified into a a bigger injury, he can't protect himself out there. I mean, running backs get hit from all sort of angles. At least as a wide receiver, you have some type of determination of, you know, it's one-on-one or it's it's only a few people in your area as you're running a route.
1: You make a good point about the future because the Chargers, it it isn't like they could go in this game and flip the division either. Not only would they have to win this game, they would need extra help down the stretch of the last two weeks to flip the division and and get back into that one seed as opposed to the five. And this is a team that is making the playoffs anyway, so if there's any question, I think, if you're the Chargers going into this game, you sit Gordon. Gordon actually spoke to the media today about playing on Thursday night.
2: We've been grinding hard, uh, you know, to try to get back. Um,
1: You know, still trying to decide what we're going to do. I know, you know, coach trying to be careful. You know, he don't want me to further hurt myself or anything like that so you know we're gonna see where that goes but i'm a lot stronger a lot more confident you know than i was last week or two weeks ago when i did it so that's nbc los angeles gordon will be a game time decision in this game and i I look at this and okay tyreek's playing gordon is a game time decision which player do you think when it comes to these two guys is more important for their team
2: oh definitely Tyreek hill is i mean i think that um you know we haven't played a game without him in the last few years and so his toughness, his his, you know, like I said, the kind of respect he 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 gives you on the deep ball, it, it makes the defense kind of uh, tilt to his side, no matter what defense they're in. Uh, as far as Gordon is concerned, like I said, uh, running back with a lower body injury to me, that just put the target on his back. Um, if I'm a linebacker and I'm coming out there and this guy's hobbling around and he's not full strength. I mean, the first couple of snaps, I'm pushing them down, making them get up every like I'm tackling this running back. No is matter that intent where to injure? Yeah, intent to injure. I mean, he's already injured. That's his. I mean, if he decides <laughs> so, to play,
1: so intent to injure is, is wrong. But if they're already injured, you can get them a little bit more
2: injured. If yeah, I mean, <laughs> like nobody's forcing him to play. If he chooses to play, then you, I mean, No, I'm if, with you. You into the battlefield, you got to be ready to roll, and so you definitely gonna test him early and often, and you know push him down every play, make him get up. You know, if it's already a little tender, I'm gonna make sure it stays real tender while you you know going to halftime. So. I mean, you gotta make business decisions.
1: I think that in this case, Gordon is more important for Hill. Because I look, I, I understand you don't want to be handcuffed with receivers, but you still have Mahomes and Kelsey. And I don't know about you, but after this weekend, I'm getting to the point where I could say about Patrick Mahomes, this guy may be able to win with marginal players on the field. I don't know if it's necessary. You're necessarily going to need all these stars. Whereas Melvin Gordon. You have Austin Eckler, injured in the last game, probably won't go on Thursday night. You're down to your third running back if you're Los Angeles. You need Gordon to play in this game, I think, if you're going
2: to win. Well, like, like we said, when, when Kareem Hunt went out, you know, we thought the the easiest position on the field we think to replace is the running back position. This is based off of everybody else is doing the same thing. It's just this guy hitting the hole. Obviously, some running backs are better than others. But when you talk about a wide receiver, then like him and that quarterback got to be on the same page. But they got to be able to see the same thing, the routes, the timing, all that kind of stuff. So... Your number one wide receiver is a very big employee. I mean, but,
1: but you you bring you bring Conley, into the one, then you have Demarcus, and then you get Garrett Dieter, Patrick Mahomes' best friend. How more in sync can you be than with your best friend? You got the same haircut.
2: That's a lot of shuffling going on. <laughs> Probably every more shuffling, shuffling. <laughs> every day. We're shuffling. Yeah, that's too much.
1: I think Melvin Gordon's more important. Uh, Sean thinks Tyreek Hill's more important. It all will come to a head on Thursday night. We'll have the Arrowhead Pride tailgate beginning here at six p.m on Thursday night when we come back. I, I, I'm i surprised to learn this today, but me and Phillip Rivers have a lot more in common than I thought. We'll talk about it next.
0: Arrowhead
1: Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio back here on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Sean Barber. We're hanging out until 7 o'clock. That's when Bink at Night takes over. Bing tonight covering the Chiefs. Royals, K-State with a new head coach. But right now, it's an hour of Chiefs with Sean and I, and I... I want to get to the opposing quarterback of this game on Thursday night, Phillip Rivers. And, Sean, I understand I'm going to take some flack for this. I like Phillip Rivers.
2: And thus you should take some flack for that, that is.
1: I call him by his male name. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I like that he's a gamer. He always has the Chargers in the mix no matter what the team is. I don't think he's better than Patrick Mahomes, but you know what? He's a great player when it comes down to it. We don't have, We don't have a lot in common, though. We don't. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to admit that we, we, we don't have a lot in common. What does he have? Nine children. He's from Alabama. Eight, nine on
2: the way. Nine is doing March.
1: Nine is doing March. I don't know why you know that, but that's that's interesting to know. I got six. No more. Do never. He's an NFL quarterback. I'm very unathletic. But today we found a common ground, and that is that we are both terrible at anything to do with. Mathematics.
0: If we go way back, it's not, you know. So we can make stats say whatever we want. So um, we 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 kick off on Thursday. Um, this game, this we'll see we'll see what happens on Thursday. Kind of each game to me stands alone, uh, while I acknowledge that that's been the case. It's been a while, uh, but I don't think you know. There's guys in this this locker room that've only played them one time. So some that maybe I've played them many. They weren't playing in week one. So um, it's a new game, new week. It'll be a heck of a challenge. It'll be as loud as it as it's ever been and um and we'll have to manage those things plus a plus a uh
2: really
1: good football team.
2: What is he talking about? He's a little flustered, man. Sometimes, you know what? Having a lot of kids sometimes it, it, it's You're a man, up.
1: you're a man to, to pull back the curtain. You're a man with six children.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes your brain gets a little like marshmallow and sometimes the mathematics and the words and all that kind of stuff, you just yeah, a nine-game losing streak is a nine-game. No matter how you add it up, forward, backwards, reverse, now, man, diagonal.
1: He's saying if you go far back enough, it's not a nine-game losing streak. My friend, I
2: told I'm t- I told you I like you. <laughs> a losing streak's a losing streak. Hey, man, he just said the numbers, the way you add it up. You add it up forward and backwards, and sometimes that don't equal nine. It, it still equals nine to me no matter which way you add it up, but nine in a row is nine in a row.
1: Very quickly. Nine-game losing streak against a certain team. I think the Chiefs went through a little bit of this with the Denver Broncos when Peyton Manning was still good. Does that get in your head a little bit when you come into Arrowhead Stadium, needing the game?
2: I mean, I think we we all know there's always a little bit of a, uh, what is it, like a little ghost in, in the building when there's – in anything that's gone on nine straight games. I mean, that means we, you can't beat us there. You can't beat us at home. You can't beat us in your new stadium. You can't beat us in Arrowhead. Like – right right now you know like andy Reid got your number dog he i mean whoever he, him and uh, bobs Stivity, they they doing some some kind of uh, chicken bones or something they doing some mojo where somehow some way they fooling with your kickers there's some somehow some way when the points get added up the chiefs got enough and the chargers ain't got enough
1: there's a point to be made too with philip rivers especially now in that soccer stadium in la he never has home field advantage even the other stadium, there was Chiefs fans there. You would hear the National Anthem, and by the end of it, it would be home of the Chiefs.
2: Definitely, definitely. That's why, I mean, that's always been a thing where it's it's the home field advantage that Vegas we talked about, Vegas giving you three points. It should be a like a, a floating scale, which maybe some of the, the better teams that have the real home field advantage, like the Arrowhead Stadium, should maybe get four points. And then those that don't really have as much of a you know true fan base, like in Chargerland. Um, Should maybe just get like a one and, one and a one-and-a-half point just for being not having to travel. You're, talk, you're it talking about the Vegas ends. spreads here. The Vegas spreads. Yes. It should be a one-and-a-half for, for playing at wherever you play at the soccer stadium.
1: A place where there will be very few Chargers fans is, of course, Thursday night, Arrowhead Stadium. As you look at this game from a broad scope, Sean, what is your key point to watch in this game, in your opinion?
2: Uh, start fast. Um, take uh, take you know take the doubt away. Take take every any instance of hope away from uh, charge. Like like you said, there's been some guys on the team that wasn't there earlier. I think he's talking about Bosa. Um, you know, lock Bosa down earlier. Don't let him get started. That's uh, a tough thing to do. Yeah, especially uh, with Jeff Allen coming in the mix there. I don't know. I, I think I think oh Jeff Allen's up for the challenge, man. I, I, you know, Bosa has he's a, he's, a, he's a high motor guy. He's going to keep coming and everything. But I mean, I think you know I, I don't know if his. Actual skill level is, is on the same as a Mac or Von yeah. Miller. I, I don't think at he, least not I, yet. Maybe at least not yet. I think he beats you more just by uh, just pure determination. He just he's relentless. He keeps coming at you so late in the downs as you scramble, he finds a way to get you know one or two sacks. Um, but this game, I don't know. I think I think we focus. We know you know they got Ingram, they got uh so they got you know a uh, pretty good secondary. They got some guys, um, so they got you know front line and back level. It's those linebackers has always been the, the, the kind of weakness in their in their defense. The, our running backs and tight ends have always been able to, to attack their linebackers. And uh, that's where we make hay.
1: I like your point of starting fast. I'm going to go a different direction. And I'm going to start with a question for you. How many targets has Keenan Allen gotten in the last three games? Do you know? Don't, how, look, don't
2: look at that paper. How many targets has Keenan Allen for the Chargers going to say I'm going to say 40. 35! That was close. Thirty-five
1: targets, including 19 targets two games ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mahomes is going to be there whether Hill plays or not. By the way, cheat sheet, he's playing. Whether Hill's there or not, Mahomes, Mahomes is going to be there. On the defensive side of the football, it is stopping Keenan Allen. Whew,
0: he's um, like 88 catches worth. He's, he's, he's playing. You know, Keenan is a really good football player, and... um he's you know one of the things you appreciate about him he's he's really competitive uh he he'll go any place for the football over the ball low high whatever um, has i think become a really um good technician at his job i mean he's a really good route runner uh he knows how to get open now i mean you know and just he's a he's just a really good football player but he's you know i think he has thirty percent of their targets you know which is a really significant number you know so but but just a really good football player. I mean, he's he's going to challenge you all the time, uh, and he and like he's you know I mean, as a coach you appreciate watching guys, and you know you appreciate him because he's he's tough. I mean, he's you know he's aggressive, and, uh, not just physically tough, but mentally tough, and and does a great job of execution.
1: Did you hear that reaction to Keenan Allen when I asked him about the film? Bob Sutton, defensive coordinator for the Kansas Chiefs. What do you think about Keenan Allen?
2: Woo. Woo. Yeah, he meant to do like the Nature Boy one. Woo! You got to walk that out, baby. Whenever you're trying to beat the best, you got to beat the best. You got to walk. out. Are you that talking out, about Ric Flair? Woo! Rick? <laughs> you didn't think I have tricks, man? You had that on command, didn't you? Kind of. I appreciate that. Kind of surprised me. That. He caught me off guard with that one, man. Woo!
1: When you think of Keenan Allen, what do you think about?
2: This consistent man, like like he's an athletic. He competes for the ball. He's he fights for the for every you know every every ball. He uh lays out to make catch like. I... I don't really consider Phillip Rivers one of the better quarterbacks as far as the accuracy and stuff. I think he just shot puts the ball in the area. And he has receivers like Williams and Keenan Allen who have the uh, tremendous catch radius. And they just have to go get the ball wherever it is. Um, I don't think he plans on the ball being in, in certain spots. He just kind of throws it in general areas. So um, with that said, I think you have to have a, a very high, uh, you know, uh, you know, high-level receivers as far as their hands and hand-eye coordination be able to adjust – uh, adjust their routes kind of on the run so um, it's, it's it's very hard to just go man up with a guy like Keenan Allen I think you kind of got to get him in zones and then you got to you know once he catches the ball really uh, try to uh, strip the ball from him you want him to turn over
1: Keenan Allen's career against the Chiefs seven games 44 catches for 557 yards and one touchdown and the the thought of Keenan Allen at Arrowhead Stadium that comes to mind for me when he was especially dominant was that week one game a couple of years ago when he just was owning Marcus Peters, and this was when Marcus Peters was at the top of his game. Do you think that now, given Melvin Gordon being out, and this is where I think it benefits the Chiefs, I think you've got one major guy to worry about. I understand Tyrell Williams is on this team, but to me it's Keenan Allen.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, this uh, this Jackson running back, I mean, he showed he can do something. Um, we, you know, we continue to not really play the run game as well as we should, so – um, we got to still, still focus on you know keeping keeping a three yard run a three yard run. I think that that's where our running game has kind of been a mystery is that you know we'll make first contact and a two or three yard game and end up being a six yard game. Or you know, we'll hit some, hit somebody you know eight yards or behind the line of scrimmage and they'll actually get you know two or three yards. I think we just got to really you know once we first contact guys continue to drive the, drive the legs drive the balls uh, finish through the, the ball carriers and then when it comes to the passing game just protect the deep you know make them throw it in front of you. Uh, so we can get a lot of uh, woolicks on the ball, uh, a lot of helmets on the ball, sh- scrapping to for the ball, r- trying to be ball hawks and get the ball out.
1: Running backs matter when it comes to playing the Chiefs now because if the Ravens did anything, it's give you, I wouldn't say a complete blueprint because there's not a lot of teams built like that, but somewhat of a blueprint where you got to run the football and keep, a, keep it a possession game if you're ever going to have a chance to beat this Chiefs team.
2: Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson might be the complete opposite of Rivers when it comes to scrambling, rushing, being able to you know create anything with his feet, any kind of threat with his feet, but... Um, they did. They did have uh, uh, running backs uh, uh, Dixon and 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 O'Gus. And they really got downhill and showed that you can kind of uh, kind of hit us between the a gaps a little bit and still get some uh, get some yardage there.
1: That's former Chiefs linebacker Sean Barber. I am editor in chief of dot com. Pete Sweeney. When we come back, we're gonna go around the nation to hear what people are saying about your Chiefs. It's Hot Take Tuesday, and it's next.
0: Arrowhead Pride Radio.
1: Hourhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio, Pete Sweeney hanging out with Sean Barber, the American Dream, Dusty Likens behind the glass. We're taking it to 7 o'clock until bank at Night. And, Sean, the talk of the town this week, and I think across the country, has been the no-look pass. You weren't on Sunday with us. What was your reaction to the no-look?
2: I mean, to be honest, with you, I was on the field, and, I mean, it was kind of like one of those magic tricks things. Like, I saw him looking – and then the ball got thrown and I looked the way he was looking and I didn't see the ball and I saw the a defender come and slap you know Honey Thunder down and I was like oh that's rough that's like illegal you can't just tackle people without the ball <laughs> And unreal. I had no yeah I had no idea he even had the ball so it was it, I mean he he kind of shook me up my boots I guess he you know did one of those AI crossovers you, you might not know about the AI crossover but shake at uh, your boots Of course I know about the AI Broken AI ankles cro- of course I know about that I had broken ankles on that one he broke my eyes. broken ankles
1: Sean, you've been in the game a long time, 10 years as a player, around it since then. You ever seen anything like that? Uh,
2: actually, I'm going to have to say no. I mean, this, I can try to, like, recall in my brain how many times I've seen somebody, like, I've seen a quarterback look you off a little bit, but not it was it was never a completely, like, blind pass. They would just look at you and try to, like, get you to move a little bit with their eyes and throw it right behind you. So it was still in the same direction they were looking, but it was just like they would try to move you over five yards and then throw it where you were. This was basically looking straight down the post and then throwing the ball outside the hash to the numbers to to a cross. I mean, that was phenomenal. That was a. I mean, it was it was it was yeah. It is what it is. It huh. was what. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It, it was it was a phenomenal pass. Uh, ha, 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 I really don't understand how you can get so much accuracy on the ball. Um, To an area he's not looking at, but I guess the receivers they know he's capable of it, so they just all stay alive.
1: Well, it's Hot Take Tuesday. We're going to National to see what the nation is saying about the no look pass. We'll start with NFL Network.
2: I'm kind of running out of
0: ways to describe Pat Mahomes, (laughs) and and the best way I can do it is the way he played in this game reminded me of somebody that would go win the three point contest and then turn around and win the dunk contest because you saw the precision with with some of the things, and then you got the wow moments of him taking off from the free throw line on that fourth and nine throw. He's, he's unbelievable. He's
1: fearless. Fearless. Like, I can tell you, in the Chargers locker room after that game, they were even talking they about They were watching it. it. Philip Rivers yeah. was
2: talking about that fourth down pass, like, you know, this young kid to be able to do that, how incredible it was. And Anthony Lynn was talking about the no-look passes. He said, I've never seen a quarterback <laughs> make <laughs> a no-look of pass. That no-look
0: pass, Jim. Let's take one more look at this thing. As you see, kind of evading the rush. And somehow uh, is able to complete the pass here. I mean, this was, this was insane. See him looking right, throwing left. On the money receiver crossing the field and Robinson, I mean that—that's just insane. He is a, you know, we talked about his bas- ba- uh, baseball background, five-tool player. He's a five-tool thrower. I mean, right. like, he can he just is. make all of these different throws. Uh, we've said it week in and week out, and, and it still continues to be true.
1: My arch enemy, Ron the Show, Hughley, was on earlier today, as he is every weekday, and he and my guy, Vern, talking down the no look pass. Here's my thing. If you can be accurate, accurate with it, as Andy Reid has alluded to, and as Patrick Mahomes has shown, to say that it's flashy and not a weapon, how do you defend that? If you can, if you can, you can say to yourself, "Okay, I'm going to get it there.
2: It may be flashy, but it's indefendable. No, definitely, it, it, there is a, it, it's a place for it. Actually, I mean, if you see how it froze all the defenders in front of him, it actually opened up the window for that crosswalk to get a little bit of opener. Um, and I'm, I'm just saying the, the degree of difficulty of it is probably uh, beyond even measuring because it's one thing to throw like a stop route, and I'm not looking at you now, but I know that like 17 yards right outside the numbers, you're going to be stopped. And I can throw it to that area, and you'll be able to make a uh, – uh, as a receiver, you'll be able to come and make a, boot, a move on the ball to get, you know, to complete the pass. But a crossing route, that means he had to throw it with the right amount of – Uh, momentum in front of him, right around the area in front of him. I mean, he hits hits Honey Badger. right. When I talk about on stride, the Joker did not break a stride. Did did not break any momentum, did not get lost in that crossing route, and they hit him right in the numbers.
1: Just want you to be careful here. Honey Badger is a lot different than Honey Thunder.
2: Honey Thunder, Honey Badger, Honey O's. There is a Honey Badger. Honey O's. Not on the Chiefs. Honey Buns.
1: Let's stay with Hot Take Tuesday. When you do something like a no-look pass, you're going to start getting comparisons, and we got that on Get Up, ESPN. Dan Orlovsky. Dan let's just talk about Patrick Mahomes it is it is impossible to describe in words what this kid can do like I get so
0: freaking excited talking about him. he's the (laughs) most exciting player to come in the NFL since like Michael Vick I mean it's remarkable to watch him like listen this throw is obnoxious to be able to make and I mean this there's seven billion people on the planet there's one guy that's able to make that throw And yesterday's performance for me with him was his best of the year because the grit that he showed. I mean, Baltimore, who's a very good defense, came at him and came at him. And he took shot after shot after shot. And I love the fact that he just stood there like, come on, keep bringing it because I'm good enough. And just watching him, the talent, it's just marvelous to see the confidence that he has in his arm, the ability to make throws.
2: He's phenomenal
1: most exciting player in the NFL since Michael Vick agree or disagree
2: I would have to say yes I would have to say a resounding yes um having to play you know against Vic and Vic uh, being such a uh, you know just just a terrific athlete on the field being able to make you know so many things happen with not only his legs but his arm they used to call it the Vic flick how he could flick the ball and also the ball would just jettison about you know 60 70 yards down the field almost effortlessly um, and then to have that world class speed and the jitters and the shakes and have the agility of like a X factor, you know, a guy like a punt returner um, coming in and out of the pass rush, and then all of a sudden he's on the edge making you know completions, running for first downs. Um, definitely exciting, but in a whole other way because Pat is doing it with, you know, what you would call trick shots.
1: And for our final hot take of the week, we go to Fox Sports. Colin Cowherd finally has the Chiefs number one in his power rankings.
0: I haven't put the Chiefs at number one, I don't think, this season. But I thought the Baltimore win impressed me. Because you got, coming up, you have the Chargers. And there wasn't a single Kansas City player, and this is a young roster that wasn't looking at that Thursday night game, and thinking, here come the Chargers. And they beat a Baltimore team, a good team. Go ask Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh's got New England left next. How did Pittsburgh look against Oakland in the sandwich game? They looked like crud. This was a very easy game to lose. They've scored 25 points in every game. Mahomes is going to win the MVP. They are a great story. He can be a little erratic. He can make some throws that I wince at. But uh, he's got a lot of Carson Wentz in him. That Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz do stuff you just can't teach. Like, no-look passes. Like, you just can't teach a lot of what Patrick Mahomes does and I think Andy Reid's got a real shot to win his first Super Bowl.
1: NFL Network, ESPN, and Fox Sports all talking Mahomes. The MVP race is over. That's your Hot Take Tuesday. Sean, we're going to get to Kent Swanson, the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride, in just a second. But very quickly, what do you expect from Eric Berry if he debuts on Thursday night?
2: Man, it's going to be tough. I mean, like you're saying, not playing in so many months, um, almost, you know, I mean, years almost, since you've been out there, you know, on game day, the the adrenaline, the adrenaline. Um, I, I definitely think he'll get on the field for, you know, a handful of plays. Um, every every series or every couple of plays he comes out, obviously the, the trainers and everybody's going to be really in his ear about how you feeling, you know, give it, give us some feedback on how, you know, is it any, any soreness, any feeling, anything. Um, just like you're saying, with, at the end of the day, it's going to be, uh, we want Eric Berry to be ready for the postseason. And, you know, a few snaps here in this game uh, and then having you know, 10 days off to get ready um, to go play, you know, but 20 some snaps that game right, and then followed up with 30 or so. And then by that time, it's, it's time to get to postseason. And once postseason, it's all chips in, uh, every man on board.
1: In conversations in the press conference with Bob Sutton last week and this week, I can tell you that we learned that EB will indeed be on a snap count. I think that's something that everyone knew. I'm expecting, and this is my guess, and my guess only, 15 to 20 or so snaps for EB. And then furthermore, uh, connecting with Sutton again today, he said, It'll be the coaching staff and a head athletic trainer, Rick Burkholder. Everyone will be in communication on Thursday night as to pain tolerance and how much uh, Eric Berry can take, how much he can handle. If I know Eric Berry and he's still the same dude, which I guess you wouldn't have any reason to think he isn't, he's not going to want to come off the field.
2: Yeah, the whole whole tolerating pain is something that's probably, you can check that box, cross it out, mark it off. I don't think EB's the type of athlete that's going to ever really admit or or, or let pain take him out the game. Um, but he has to be smart about it. I think it's, it's more so you have to look at if the Chargers go on a long drive where the Chiefs' defense is on the sideline, let's say five or six minutes uh, of game time, which sometimes is ten minutes of actual time, that would be the time where you have to start thinking about, well, maybe we should just wait until after half, warm them back up. Um, but if it's a three and out, you know, he, he hits the field, uh, we keep the Chargers three and out, and then it's time to go back on the field and only two or three minutes pass by. I think he'll be ready to, like you're saying, up to that, you know, up to about 20 snaps to really go out there and kind of see where he is as far as uh, his comfort level.
1: It'll be good. I think he'll get a great ovation if he is active and goes, especially if the Chiefs opt to announce uh, the defense onto the field. That uh, that'll be a thunderous ovation. We move from Eric Berry to talk to our lead film and draft analyst, Kent Swanson of ArrowheadPride.com. Kent, you were here at the Arrowhead Pride tailgate on Sunday, and I could see you after the game. You were having trouble keeping your nerves together. How are you feeling with a few days to let this game sink in?
3: Man, I'm still in recovery, Peter. Like, I, <laughs> that game was, I think it took a couple of years off my life. Um, and, you know, I, I normally, I feel like I keep a pretty even kill most of the time, but I was struggling this week. That was a, a fantastic performance from, from Patrick
1: Mahomes and the Chiefs team. I think the big thing about that game for me and I was sitting here right next to you is that Mahomes for a couple times now and you saw that he struggled to get with this a little bit against the Patriots and the Rams. He's going to be willing the Chiefs to winning football games I think for years to come.
3: Yeah, I mean he I think he's, you know, he's really coming into his own as far as a leadership role as far as, you know, kind of putting more pressure on himself. Uh, the Chiefs have done a fantastic job of of you know developing him up to this point, but I think you're starting to see him kind of take over a little bit more and more and, and, and take on a leadership role, and it really doesn't matter. Uh, less. It matters less and less what's around him. It matters more about the fact that he's on the field, and that's a really encouraging sign. I did not expect to see some of these indicators so quickly
1: from him. One thing I like about Kent, and I say this all the time, I, of course I'm a little biased, but he watches more Patrick Mahomes film than anyone outside the Chiefs in the city. You, of course, had to review Mahomes quickly. we got a Thursday night game to prepare for. So in your film study, your very quick film study on what you saw against the Ravens, do you have the something good, something bad articles at ourheadpride.com? What did you see upon second watch of Mahomes from this past weekend?
3: I mean, it, the list could go forever, my man. I mean, there was there was so many fantastic moments. Um, he had some really good he had some really good plays on third down again early, too, like in the first half, connected to to with Travis Kelsey a couple times, connected with uh, with Tyree Kill once on some big plays that you know helped move the chains, scored a touchdown on the third and sixth the Chiefs needed, um, and then obviously um, you know did some. Rare things that you don't see very often with the no look pass and then followed it up the very next play with fitting a ball down the sideline you know with an awkward body angle and a very tight window to center where kind of out of structure down the sidelines and I mean and obviously fourth and ninth. I mean like you, there's so many there's so many moments in this in this week that you just your your jaw drops and. You know, they needed him to do that this week to win, and they're going to need him to do that again on Thursday night, in a situation that they could wind up being the one seed clinched by the end of Sunday night.
1: There's been plenty of boiling hot takes. We just went over a few about the no-look pass between you know, national coverage, local coverage, but I want to stick with that fourth and nine. What did you see specifically on that play that made Mahomes so comfortable to go for 48 when he needed 10?
3: Well, I mean, I think part of it's just his nature. I mean, he wants to create. He wants to be aggressive. He wants to take opportunities when he sees them. And, you know, uh, he's so good working out of structure. He's so good, you know, freelancing and, and playing a game that requires creativity and athleticism and on talent And, you know, he saw um, a void that Tyreek Hill might have had a chance. And in, in a situation like that, you know, I, I don't blame him for taking that shot. I, you don't want to discredit Tyree Kill either. That was that was a really great effort from him as well. Especially a guy that's playing through some injuries to get to that ball. But I mean, perfect placement, perfect execution. You can see how much chemistry Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey have with Patrick Mahomes, and it's so fun to watch. And uh, one of them's always on every week. It feels like it's great for that young quarterback.
1: That is the voice of ArrowheadPride.com lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. Kent, with the game night on Thursday, just wrapping up, what can we expect the rest of the week on the website?
3: Uh, you're going to have the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory up on Wednesday. Actually going to have uh, Maddie Lane in with me this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're both recording from Kansas City while he's in town, and we have a video breakdown of the Chiefs. Look down in three plays to score a touchdown to Damian Williams coming up on the website later this week
1: as well. Once again, you can catch Kent Swanson's stuff at arrowheadpride.com. Kent, thanks for joining us. Hi, buddy. Kent is the leader of the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad, which reviews all the games from an offensive, defensive, special team standpoint even occasionally. And the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad joins Bink at Night weekdays Matt Lane, uh, reviews a bunch of different stuff with the Chiefs. He's on 7.30 p.m. tonight with Bink. He's actually in studio because he's in he's in town. His uh, Twitter handles Chief in Carolina, but he is in town, I believe, for the holidays. Craig Stout's on with Bink at 8, eight o'clock on Wednesdays, and then you could hear Kent 6.30 on Thursdays with Bink on Bink at Night. In-depth X's and O's talk right here on 610 Sports Radio. When we come back, we will read your tweets. You can get us at twitter.com slash Pride. Sean and I will talk about them. Stay with us.
0: Arrowhead
1: pride radio. Pete Sweeney here with former chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber wrapping up a little bit more of an exciting arrowhead pride radio. I think tonight, given the proximity of Thursday night football.
2: Yeah. I already got my mindset. Uh, it's all charges all day. Uh, how are we going to stop them? How are we going to score on them? Special teams, stay focused. Um, Third down, let's get off the field. Go first down, second down on offense. We might not even get a third down. First down, first down, score.
1: No no third downs on on Thursday night. We ain't going to
2: need no third downs on Thursday night. They ain't going to get a third down until, like, fourth quarter. (laughs) Well, it's the last 10 minutes of Arrowhead Pride Radio, and as
1: you know, when it's the last 10 minutes, we turn the show over to you. It's time to read some tweets. And we start with Kevon Barksdale. Why is no one talking about how turnt up Arrowhead will be with Tony G getting inducted into the ring of honor, AFC West in the line and EB coming back. Have
2: we been talking about that all show, Sean? I Man, I've been talking about TG all week. All right. He on Fox network. He doing his thing. Uh, one of the best uh, commentators and analysts there is right now. I love to see a uh, alumni fellow ball player get on there and get on there. And uh, he's making great predictions. I think he's leading the Fox crew as far as game to game analysis predictions. So, Shout out to my man, Tony G. Ed Flo. I was four months old when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I became a fan in
1: 79. I have suffered a lot of heartache over 40 damn years. About gave up. Then Mahomes
2: was drafted. I will see a Super Bowl before I croak. Do you agree? I definitely agree. I've heard a great man tell me on radio, there's a difference between a movement and a moment. A movement takes sacrifice. And that young man has been sacrificing since the age of four. So he's ready for that baby to be born. Let's let a Super Bowl come to Kansas City. Christy
1: wants to know what adjustments has the defense made to stopping this
2: run. Nothing. It's the same defense. <laughs> same old defense. We're gonna outscore the ch- Chargers. Don't worry about the run game. That's all that's that's just yard here, yard there. We ain't worried. We're we, we hitting them for as we saw, what we are them him 40 some yards on one on four on last, end of the game. We hitting them for 40s. We'll give them four.
1: Mark, would love to see everyone healthy, including Barry, and then have the general offense and defense playing. Let's not let up and win out. And then want to see Showtime break that all-time QB record and the Super Bowl. What a year.
2: I ain't worried about no records. I'm not worried about no breaking no passing records or nothing. Only thing we need to worry about is them dubs. Having more scores, more points than the opponent week in and week out, one week at a time. if,
1: If the Chiefs win against the Chargers and then 10 days from now beat the Seahawks, Unfortunately, Pat Mahomes is not going to get the record this year. But it's his first year. He'll have another 14 cracks at this thing. Snowman. Are KC fans prepared mentally for Eric Berry to play a lot like 2017 Derrick Johnson when or if he returns? Hatering.
2: I don't even know about what What did Derek Johnson look like in 17. I don't even know. Who knows that? Why are we worried about this? is 2018. We got the number one team in the AFC. The number one team power ranking in NFL football, and you worried about some Derrick Johnson in 17th, man, get out
1: of here. Chief Concern, does Kelvin make a difference in some packages this week? I can see Andy using the big bodies in blocking.
2: I would love to see Mr. Benjamin out there when we get near the red zone. Um, we call it the green zone so he can make some money uh, with the high point in the ball. Give give, give, uh, give our man Showtime Mahomes another, another offensive weapon. He could be a, a, a small tight end. Anything. I like it. From what Andy
1: Reid is saying, it seems like Kelvin will get a handful of snaps in this game, but I think they're still integrating him in the offense. I think the time you see him is against the Seahawks.
2: Hey, it's not about how many. It's the quality, not the quantity. I'm looking for some quality reps from my man, Calvin Benton.
1: I know how you're going to answer this. Buster wants to know, what team are you more scared to play come playoff time? In my opinion, it's the Ravens is the team he would be most worried about.
2: He must not have been knowing I was going to answer that. With, <laughs> with a name like Buster, that's what he is, a buster for asking who's scared. Ain't nobody scared of nobody. I knew this was We coming. are the best team in the NFL. Been saying it since week one. You go back to hot takes. Colin Cowher took him. 14, 15 weeks to figure out something we knew since week one. We ain't waiting for his props. We don't need his approval to know we are a good team here in Kansas City. Ain't no room on the bus for him. He ain't getting the ticket. He ain't getting a ticket on the Arrowhead bus.
1: I think I saw a tweet today that said if the Chiefs win on Thursday and the Patriots lose on Sunday, the Chiefs could clinch home field advantage. If that happens, do the Chiefs rest most starters for the last two games of the regular season? That's an interesting question. I know about one game at hand. I think the starters get rest. I don't know about two.
2: Nah, cause that would leave a almost a four week window. That's a lot. That's a month in that plan. You might, I think you maybe get a half. Man, you got things rolling. You to keep it rolling. Nobody we don't you don't worry about anything, man. You don't worry about no injury bug. You don't worry about none of that kind of stuff. The, the, the team is rolling, they're doing well. You want them to keep that 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 continuity, keep that uh, momentum going, uh, keep on their schedule, and that's why they're playing well.
1: Dennis Boyer wants to know, what is Spencer Ware's status? Is he a no-go for Thursday? I don't think he plays on Thursday. I think you're dealing with Demian Williams, Darrell Williams, and Charkandrick West active for the first time in
2: a long time for the Chiefs. And I like them three. Matt, the Williams brothers, they together, they they, they they got a lot of something special. Uh, Damian Williams got some explosion. Um, the LSU Williams, I mean, he's got a vertical cut, a jump cut. It kind of reminds me of, uh, of old Jacksonville running back. Um but man, they, 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 together I think them them guys give you a whole different change of pace type backfield. I like what they're doing. Is it too early to put Mahomes in the ring uh, ring of honor at Arrowhead? I say you're putting Tony G
1: up there. You know, this Thursday night you might as well just get it get it over with now. I I think I think that's a good one.
2: Uh, all great things come to those who wait. Uh, this is Tony's we this, Tony, this Tony's time to to uh, enjoy and bask in the in the glow of uh, Arrowhead Chiefs Kingdom lore. Um, joining the the. the Bobby Bales and Marty Schottenheimer's and all the great coaches and commentators and players of, of the heyday. So I look forward to seeing Tony G's name getting put up there at halftime.
1: That's the voice of Sean Barber. I'm Pete Sweeney. Dusty, the American dream. Likens behind the glass. Thank you to Ken Swanson. Big at night coming up next. I see our own Matt Lane is here ready to join him. Shouldn't be good. It's Thursday night football. We'll see you for the pregame 6 o'clock. Think at night's next.
0: This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com.